Welcome to Drilling Deep. I'm your host, John Kingston. Drilling Deep is part of the Freight Cash family of podcasts, and it's where we drill deep into the question and the mystery of oil and the products that come from it, most notably diesel, and where we drill deep with our guests for the week on a wide variety of subjects. This week, we're talking with David Rausch of KSM Transport Advisors on the current state of the trucking market and what you should be doing to get your company ready for a post-COVID world. First, we're going to talk about oil. We actually skipped it last week because we taped in advance, but uh, I do want to talk about it this week. I think I've said this before, but I'm going to have to say it again. Isn't this a great time to be buying diesel? You've got truck rates rising, which is always good from the driver perspective, from the certainly from the carrier perspective. And as we've discussed before, and we've written about on FreightWaves.com, there has tended to be a correlation between diesel prices and freight rates. That makes sense. Higher freight rates are a sign of a stronger economy, and that tends to drag oil prices up with it. Diesel then tags along. That's not happening, though. What is happening now is that the economy is starting to grow. Trucking capacity has exited the market. More may exit the market as the PPP program winds down. We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the fact that diesel prices are not rising, and it's giving companies a blessed period of stability in their fuel purchases on May 25th, the FreightWaves DTS.USA average daily retail price that you can find in Sonar, that's the price for the entire nation, retail average retail daily price. It stood at $2.31.5. Earlier this week, before I recorded this, it was all the way up to two thirty-four and six tenths of a cent. That's a three cent per gallon gain. I don't want to minimize that. I realize that for somebody, let's say, going a thousand miles, that's not nothing. But it's notable that it only went up three cents, even as crude was gaining six dollars a barrel, which is equal to about 14 cents a gallon. So can this keep up? I think there are a few disquieting signs out there. Specifically, the commodity exchange price of ultra low sulfur diesel is up about 20 cents during that period going back to May 25th. And retail prices, as I mentioned, are only up about three cents per gallon. So how can that be? It can be because retail margins have absolutely plummeted. We do a data series here at Freightways called Fuels.USA, and it's really simple. Actually, I shouldn't say just Fuels.USA. We do it in local markets as well. We take the price of retail diesel nationally or in an individual market, and we subtract the wholesale price, and we get a number. It's a very basic retail margin indicator. That spread has dropped about 20 cents since May 25th. What it means is that the stability you're seeing in diesel prices is happening because for whatever reason, retailers aren't raising their prices to compensate for rising wholesale numbers. We don't really know why this is. Figuring out why retail markets sometimes capture movements in wholesale prices and why at other times they don't is always a mystery. The, the, the retail market is just so diffuse with thousands and thousands of operators out there. No real good benchmark as to why companies do what they do. But right now, I can tell you that retail margins are getting slaughtered. In April and into May, those retailers were not cutting their prices at all. And the retail margins measured by fuels was tremendous. Not anymore. It's down about 60 cents since its peak in April. Maybe then, you know, the current stability is just a function of the market getting back to the norm and retail diesel prices will more closely track crude and wholesale diesel for a while. There are some signs out there that it could happen. In the latest Energy Information Administration weekly report, 
Diesel demand in the U.S. was rising and inventories were falling. But those inventories, as we mentioned before, are falling from really record high levels. The dollar is weakening, and that's always bullish for oil, though maybe more for crude than for products. And at a spread of about a dollar, that fuels series that I talked about in Sonar is a lot more in line with historic normal levels. So we're not predicting any kind of diesel spike. I'm going to sound repetitive again, but there's just too much diesel in inventory for that kind of spike to happen right now. I do think, though, that retail diesel prices are probably going to join in the broader movements of oil soon. They've been kind of sitting it out for quite a while, and that's likely to end. We are now going to turn our attention to this week's Drilling Deep guest, David Rausch, the long time, a longtime expert in the trucking field, somebody who knows pretty much everything about the sector. He is the president of KSM Transport Advisors out of Oklahoma City, and he's here today to give us his take on how the market is faring in the middle of the pandemic, how it might develop going forward, and how if you run in a company, uh, what you should do to get ready for the post-COVID world. So, David, thank you for joining us today on Drilling Deep. John, it's a pleasure to be here. I really, really appreciate it. So the, my timing was perfect because you, when I reached out to you, you said you were actually working on a piece for Freight Waves uh, about the market. You sent over a few of your thoughts to me, and you said in it at the top that you thought we were headed in the trucking, I believe it was the trucking sector, for a V-shaped recovery. But you know, in the, the broader economy does not look like we're going for a V-shaped recovery. So how can you have a V-shaped recovery in the trucking sector if you don't have it in the broader economy? I mean, the, the freight, freight economy is different than the broader economy. Uh, they, they work together, but they're really, um, and, and they're interconnected, but, but freight changes faster. The freight economy changes faster than the general economy. Uh, my, my specific comment is, is that we track a number of clients uh, who uh, engage us to help them with their freight network engineering and management. And in all cases of the dry van and the reefer carriers that we have, the recovery, there is a V-shaped recovery when we chart this metric we call yield, which is, which is a metric that um, approximates their profitability. And that V-shaped recovery started in late April to mid-May. Um, the slope is varies by, by carrier depending on their geography and their customer mix, but all of them are showing a, pos a positive impact. And it's, it's pretty interesting because uh, this morning I showed our team the um, OTRI, the Freight Waves Outbound Tender Rejection Index, and laid over these um, our, our clients' uh, graphs. And they're really, they're very close. Um, so as, as tender rejections have gone up, the uh, profitability of our carriers has gone up. Uh, well, I think that you know, we've probably seen that too. And when you look at the sectors that aren't going to climb out that, that easily, a lot of them are kind of service sectors, certainly restaurants and bars, sports arenas, that sort of thing. And you just wonder how much of an impact that has on the, uh, on, on the broader market, which maybe makes a, a little bit more of a V-shape possible. So let's talk a little bit more about yield metric. Uh, can you give numbers? I mean, in the case of OTRI, it's, it's, in really, it's, a, great, it's a great number because it's, it's so digestible. You know, the OTRI is 5%. Well, that shows a weak market. The OTRI is 13%. That shows a pretty strong market. What kind of numbers does the yield metric that, uh, that KSM does, and what is it saying right now? So 
we we track yield on a client by client basis, uh, and they all they all rise and fall pretty much pretty much together. Uh, but the calculation of yield is really dependent on a client's freight network and the cost that that client has uh, for moving moving its freight. It's it's variable cost per mile. So there, there isn't really an overall yield number, which makes it obviously more difficult than the OTRI. Um, but yield is a measurement of profitability. It's, it's really margin per day. So revenue minus cost divided by time. You know, how much money am I generating in a, in a given time period? You know, for a, for a truckload carrier, time is a really important um, uh, number. It's a, it's a uh, perishable commodity. You can't make up revenue or margin tomorrow that you don't get today. So velocity is, is, is really important. Uh, we, keep, we keep track of, of the yield numbers for each client, and it's really a continuous improvement process on a client-by-client basis. The yield numbers range from, let's say, 100 to 400, depending on the quality of their freight and the cost, their cost per mile. All right, so four four hundred being good and hundred not being not as good, correct? Exactly. Okay, you know, and that, that kind of leads to something you talked about again in some of the notes that you sent me as you're preparing this piece for freight waves. The whole idea of never haul a load below, never haul a load below cost. You know, economics one hundred and one would tell you that nobody actually does that, but I think when you look at social media, where you get a lot of drivers and they sort of scream. At their at their colleagues or other drivers, you know, don't haul a load below cost. Don't take lousy rates. And um, you're kind of saying the same thing too, but maybe you can articulate it a little more than uh, than you'd see in social media. Sure. So, I mean, in in truckload freight, uh, it's a function of supply and demand in the marketplace where you where you are. So, if you go from Chicago to uh, New Jersey. You're going to make a lot of money, and you're going to have a rate that is above your variable cost. Uh, if you go from New Jersey to pretty much anywhere, you're going to have a rate that is below your variable cost, and you're going to lose money on that one-way move. What's 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 key for a trucking company or a trucker is to make money on average. Uh, you know, we used to have this concept. We don't use it as much anymore, but there used to be the concept, and we'll just use it for simplicity of head haul and back haul markets. Chicago's a head haul market. Uh, New Jersey's a, a back haul market. Uh, the key is when you get to New Jersey to take a cheap load to another head haul market, to Ohio or to Michigan or to somewhere where you have in your network where you have good freight. You know, I started dispatching trucks a long time ago, John, and the first thing they taught me when I sat down is don't load cheap to cheap, don't load backhaul to backhaul. Uh, and so if, if two, out of the, two out of three loads on average in your network are good, you're going to make money. You're going to have a positive yield. Uh, if they're not, you're not going to make money. So it's, it's really the, that concept of never haul a load at below your cost. That really doesn't work um, because you would never be able to go to the places where freight goes, like New 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 Jersey, um, where there's a lot more demand for inbound freight than there is the production of outbound freight. Right, because you see some again some of these arguments among drivers and social media, and 
you know, the, the, somebody will quote a lousy rate and the reaction will be, why are you taking that rate? Why are you taking that rate? But you don't get that whole picture of where that 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 lane is compared to a, a trucker's entire, let's say they're out on, the, out on the road for 10 days. So they got a lousy rate here, lousy rate there, but overall might be profitable. That's kind of what you're saying, is it not? Exactly. It's 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 an average play, man. It's You, you have to, you make money on average. Uh, and, and the sophisticated carriers do that by, uh, using algorithms to to analyze their freight and 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 to help them price their f- freight and feed their flows. Uh, you know, and a, a one man uh, trucker, you know, he's just got no. You can't you can't make money on on every load. One- yeah, that 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 kind of leads me to something else. I'm going to read this verbatim that you had written because I thought it was really interesting. Shippers are the wizard behind the freight curtain with an army of MBAs, sophisticated modeling tools and buckets of actual data about their pricing, service levels, lane volumes, loading and unloading times, claims, channels, etc. They use this knowledge to minimize their transportation spend across all market conditions and cycles. And that, you know, that really just shows how it's not a, you know, it's not a level playing field in many cases. You would think that in some cases the brokers who have no particular obligation to one side or the other of that might balance that out. But when you read that, if if you were a driver and you read that, you'd think I'm just going to get slaughtered out there, except on the, you know, the occasional strong market circuit 2018. Uh, do you have anything more positive to say to drivers after letting go of that? So, you know, the, the shipper's prime directive is cost minimization. That, that's, that's what they're all about. They're about minimizing their cost because that cost, you know, transportation is, is a cost item to them. It's a line item on their, on their P&L, and they want to, they want to minimize that because it, it reduces their margin and reduces their bonuses. A, a trucker who is at the whim of the spot market is going to lose on average. There's, there's no way you can win when you, when you look at the market cycles. Um, you know, you look at 2018, 2018 was a once in, in my lifetime, um, event. It may happen again as capacity tightens up here, you know, we'll see what happens post post COVID. Uh, but, but prior to, from deregulation to 2018, there were only a couple of short up markets and there was a lot of, uh, down markets. Uh, so um, if you if you just depend on the spot market and you don't have your own freight and you're just dependent on running wherever the, the broker wants to send you or the loads that the bro- a, a broker has available, then you're going to lose. You know, uh, speaking about losing, you also have made a very good point in here about data. Um, and you were talking about the, your strategy for a new COVID, a, a strategy for a post-COVID world. You talked about managing metrics. You can't manage what you don't measure. And you also made a very interesting point that a lot of companies might find data management to be non-essential in tough times like now. Are, there's so much data out there. There's so many more tools to measure it. Are there still companies out there flying blind data-wise? Oh, Yeah. Oh yeah, they they there's there's a lot of companies. How can I survive? I, I can't imagine. It's uh, it's 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 hard to fathom, isn't it, John? I mean, you know, there is like you said, there is so much data, but you know, the the, the trick is is to know which metrics really drive profitability and to focus on those metrics and to manage those metrics. 
that's one reason we use that we use that yield metric is that it it takes it's a it's a compound metric it takes all a bunch of different uh uh data points and metrics into into account and creates this one metric that tells you whether you're profitable or not profitable and what are some of the easiest metrics if if you're talking to a company that's not big in the metrics game. What are the first things you tell them to do to to get there? They can't go all at once. I'm sure you know a company like a like a Landstar or a Knight Swift is probably at the top of the metrics game. So let's say you're a small carrier and you're not big into metrics. What would David Roush say? Here's how you get into it. I mean, the, the basic metrics are number of loads, revenue, revenue per loaded mile. So revenue divided by the number of loaded miles, revenue per total mile, which is your loaded plus your deadhead miles, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, deadhead miles per load, deadhead uh, percent of, of total miles. Uh, those are, you know, those are the really, the real basic mo- metrics. And then you start breaking those down um, and grouping them together, you know, using Excel, simple Excel, pivot tables, whatever. Break them down by customer, by lane, customer by lane. Who's the most profitable on a, on, on a given lane? Which, just using rate per mile. You know, who's from, from Chicago to New Jersey? I've got four different, four different customers and why wouldn't I want to give all my all my trucks to the most profitable customer on there? Now, there's other things that go into profitability, um, uh, but on a lane by lane, I mean, like like you know, is it a uh, truck friendly customer? Not to, can can we use drop trailers to increase productivity? There's a whole bunch of things, but you know, from we we talk about everything in terms of art and science. We want things to be 80% science. And 20% art. Most truckers and most people deal with 80% art and 20% science. <laughs> Interesting comparison. And another statement you had in some of those notes you sent me over freight rates, the games continue, but you you didn't expound on that, David. So I wasn't exactly sure what you meant. That's there's a lot of room for interpretation in a statement like that. So um, that's actually an article that I published on Freight Waves. Um, in May of 2020, I wrote an article back in May of 2019 uh, when the big pullback came back after the great rate party of 2018. Um, I wrote an a article called Where's My Freight? And what, it re- what that was really about, and that goes back to the shippers or the wizard behind the freight curtain, it's the shipper's freight. They control the freight. They decide who they give it to. And in, in 2019, they started channel shifting the freight. So the freight that was committed, I'm using air quotes here, to, to carriers started showing up on broker boards. So where's my freight? Because my and we had the the impetus for writing that article was a, a client of ours who called a um, well-known national shipper and asked, said, you know, I see this freight that we've been hauling during 2018 showing up on the on the broker board at, at rates way below what we're hauling it for. Uh, you know, why is that? And the response was, well, if you want that freight, you need to get competitive. Uh, so, so you know, there's this whole concept that that brokers are bad. Brokers aren't bad. It's the shippers that are doing it. The shipper, it's their freight. They're trying to cost, uh, minimize their cost. And so they're pushing it through the channel that helps them minimize that cost 
and and manage their risk at the same time. All right, let's go. Let's wrap this up with the question. Though it's a, this, we can have a long discussion on this. You talk several times about a post-COVID freight strategy, and the basic question I would have is, how is it going to be different than a pre-COVID freight strategy? And is the pandemic going to leave any kind of permanent marks on this industry, or is this just a time to kind of reassess the the way everybody's doing business and start anew? So as far as the COVID leaving a, a permanent uh, mark on the industry, I think COVID is going to leave a permanent mark on the world and it's going to change things. We don't know exactly what's going to change or, or how they're going to change, but we just know that we're not going to go back to the old normal, that there's going to be some sort of, of, of new normal. Um, as far as a, a post-COVID freight strategy, what, what I'm talking about there is you know, have a strategy. Um, look at look at your shippers. Look at the shippers who stuck with you, who didn't do this magic wizard behind the, the freight curtain thing, and take your take quote your freight and give it to brokers. You know, during this COVID time, while well, they could um, look at look at your shippers. Look at the metrics that you have with your shippers. Uh, look at how those shippers treated you in 2018 and 2019, just in in recent memory. And as capacity starts to tighten up and rates start to go up, you know, take care of the people that took care of you. Give them your trucks. Don't hit them up with the big rate increases and and and, and treat them uh, poorly. Treat them like they treated you through these these hard times. Um, and the people that that didn't treat you well, you know, treat them treat them accordingly. Um, you know, don't don't hold the rates with them. You know, put them on some sort of dynamic pricing. Uh, program so that as as capacity goes up, their their rates go up. Let me ask. I will actually. I'm going to squeeze in one more question. I know I said that was going to be the last one, but uh, how tight do you think capacity will be by the end of this year and into early 2021? I, I'm not a great macro economist, John, but I mean, you know, it's it's. I think it's too dicey to really know because of this opening closing opening closing. Bob Costello, the ATA economist, talks about having a giant wall of switches, you know, that are either on or off, but they, you know, they go on and then they go off. So I, I can't really ad- address that. I think it's just important for people to uh, know their business, know their customers and uh, manage, manage their biz- business as well as they can during these uh, times. Yes, tough times is right. So, but uh, it's good times when David Roush joins us here on Drilling Deep. David, thank you for joining us. John, it's it's a pleasure. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, David is the president of KSM Transport Advisors. You've been listening to Drilling Deep. We get here every week. We talk about oil and diesel, and we talk with somebody who's really smart and brilliant, like we talked about David today. We're part of the FreightCast family of podcasts from FreightWaves. I'm your host, John Kingston, and I hope you'll join us again. <music> 